Hi, I'm Debbie Montgomery Johnson, founder of the nonprofit, The Woman Behind the Smile, and your host of Stand Up and Speak Up, a show that is about each and every one of us. Many of us have something, something we're hiding, something we're ashamed of, something that through no fault of our own or through our own making, we keep hidden, and that in turn keeps us hidden from each other and the world. Good people go through terrible situations. Wise people know when and how to let it go. Everything that happens to us helps us grow, and while it may be hard to see it right away, the most important thing to do is to change your perception about your circumstances. Regardless of what your personal experiences or traumas have been, this showcase series is designed to ignite the light in you, as well as providing safe harbor, education, personal growth, and resources, so that no matter where you are on your journey, you'll have the courage to move on when you're ready. Stand Up and Speak Up features ordinary people who've been through extraordinary situations and struggles and then found the courage to step out from behind their smiles and speak up about their experiences and the lessons gleaned from those experiences. Everybody heals at a different pace, and we recognize that. So come on in, have a listen, and enjoy the ride at your own speed. It's a beautiful day in paradise, and I love to say that for my Canadian friends because it's freezing up there. And actually, I was talking to my guest this morning who is also in Florida, about 10 minutes from me, and she says, I'm freezing today, and it's 68 <laughs> degrees. It's such, so, such fun for us wimpy northerners that have moved south, but whatever. Today's going to be a great day, and I want to start it off by saying aloha. The reason I'm doing that, because our guest today is bringing us something really exciting, and it actually is an ancient tradition, an ancient practice from Hawaii, and as I was doing my research on her, I was thinking of my kids in Hawaii, and I went back to my visit back in November, sitting on the beach, and just listening to the quiet of the waves, and the, just bringing it all in, and as I was thinking about today's show, I was just feeling Hawaii. So... I'm going to bring in my guest who's here and just welcome her from South Florida to Hawaii, back to South Florida, and we're just going on an adventure. So, Miss Eileen Gottlieb, are you there, my friend? I am, Debbie. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> it is a good morning, and welcome, welcome. I'm so excited that you're here. Now, I've said in the past about many of my guests that I, I have never met them in person. That is not true with you. I have met you in person. And you are a friend and fellow sister of Women's Prosperity Network. It's a great, great group of ladies. So I'm really glad that we've reconnected because it's been a while since we've actually seen each other in person. Um, it truly has. It truly has. And what a wonderful connection to be able to have that wonderful organization to be what brought us together. So. So we're going to jump right in. And Eileen, I usually start off, uh, I will tell people who you are, but it'll come out over the conversation. Because I always find when someone says my bio at the very beginning, I'm seeing they're going, well, that's not really me, you know, because we never want to, <laughs> we never want to accept what other people think. However, we're going to find out all about you and who you are, because I would like you to go back in time and tell me a little bit about your background. Where did you grow up? What was your family like? Did you have siblings? We're going to go start off from there. That's a great way of introducing who I am and where I've come from. I like that. So, and for, for those of you listening, this really is very spontaneous. So I'm grateful for that. Um, well, let's see. I was born in a hospital in Philadelphia. 
and grew up in South uh, Jersey, just east of uh, Philadelphia in the community of Cherry Hill. Um, the, what is that? The Billy Joel song? He talks about Cherry Hill and the Cherry Hill Mall. That was my stomping ground when I was a kid. And um, let's see, I have one sister who is four and a half years older than me, who for years tried to make me be the older one. It was very funny. And um, my childhood was what most people would think from the outside looking in, idyllic, um, very... um, I wanted for nothing material. And not that we were very wealthy. We were upper middle class. And really, I did want for nothing. As I look back on my childhood, I don't know that I ever asked for anything. And I had everything that that I, I certainly could need or want. My dad was in the automobile industry. We had a, uh, his family business in, in the 40s and before that was a hosiery mill. So I jokingly will say, this was the day before pantyhose. I'm dating myself, right? And my father would love when you wore themed stockings. And he'd say, if you're going to wear themed stockings, darn well better make sure that seam is straight. And I loved wearing seam stockings to dress up. And it was, it was fun. And in the South Jersey area where this business was, uh, the unions made it almost impossible to stay in business. So they sold their business. And my dad pivoted, you know, as entrepreneurs do, um, to working within taking his business acumen and working within the automobile industry. So I grew up in the automobile industry working from the time that I was 14 years old when I had summer vacations and loved everything about it, working with my dad. You know, I was a switchboard operator. You know, the old Bully Tomlin, one ringy dingy. <laughs> that was me. That was me, but I didn't say one ringy dingy. And it was an old PBX switchboard, um, just like um, uh, Ernestine, as her character, has on whatever show you've seen her do that. Professionally, I, I come from a family of nurses. My mom became a nurse uh, as a deathbed wish of her mother's. Her mom died when she was 17. Um, graduated from the same program that my sister did, which is the hospital of the University of Pennsylvania School of Nursing. So I'm a HUP grad and affiliated with Penn, and I'm grateful for the education. We were taught that to be a part of a team was, was a way to do nursing. And team nursing was the way of nursing, not primary nursing back then. And I loved it. My first job as a new graduate was at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Children have always been my first love. Probably maintained that way because I never had children of my own. So I've never, I've never had any experiences that would shift my love for children. And I worked with teenagers 
um, in that, in that um, environment, which was a unique setting. As a teaching hospital, we, we were a pilot program at the, on the Adolescent Medical Surgical Unit for addressing youth, unique needs of teenagers. And it was an extraordinary environment. I don't know if many of our listeners will remember e, uh, C. Everett Coop, uh, Dr. C. Everett Coop, who was at one time our Surgeon General mm-hmm. back in the 80s, I believe it was. Well, he was Chief of Surgery when I started at Children's. And he's very famous for um, separating Chinese twins and successfully doing that. And interestingly enough, when I went through orientation, part of that is you go through all the departments. So my opportunity to be in a surgical environment was observing a surgery that he did on a newborn baby that was so small that he was doing an intestinal surgery. And the generosity of the educational process I still remember as if it was yesterday. They had us, you know, they had me up on a um, step stool so that I could see everything. And he spoke to me. He made me part of the team. And so I have always loved the concept of working as a team. And I think that it's fitting that, that we met through WPN, Women's Prosperity Network, because I have always felt that that environment fosters the community, which to me is like a team environment where everyone supports the other one in whatever way that their gifts offer support through. Thank you so much. And I knew we had something in common. And I, I, my mom and dad are going to be listening to the show. And my father is from Pennsylvania, uh, Philadelphia, went to UPenn oh. Dental School, undergrad. So there is that Philadelphia connection. Wow. And I'm sure they're sitting there going, oh, we've been to Children's Hospital. We've been there. And uh, so thank you for your service <laughs> in, in Philadelphia. And thank you for your, your service in nursing. Uh, my daughter-in-law, is a, uh, she was a NICU nurse in Nashville. And uh, is doing some pick work now, but uh, my we were hosting my my youngest nephew and his fiance, and she just finished nursing school and is working up at Johns Hopkins in the pediatric unit, and it's a special Aww. person that can work with the babies with the kids. As my daughter-in-law Indeed. said, they can't tell you what hurts. No, they can't, and. and she doesn't have children well, either, and she says it's difficult. It's really, it's really a, a unique experience not being a, a mom to have babies crying and, and wondering, how am I going to help? So you, that, you, how do you do you that? Have a, yeah, you learn, you learn from your years of experience when you work with babies that can't communicate or even children that for some reason can't communicate simply by observing you, you learn as well as a mom does the nuances of their facial expressions and their behaviors that lets you know specifically if they're in pain and you get an intuitive knowing of what they need. And I, I have many colleagues that work within that arena, one particular who's a respiratory therapist up in the Orlando area who is an amazing intuitive. And so 
I'm so grateful that she worked in a NICU with these babies because she can connect with them on that level where there are no words. I'm sure as parents, too, of those children, you, you so rely on those nurses and doctors, uh, particularly the nurses, I think, who are with the children all the time, and you want them to have those feelings. So you mentioned something uh, earlier, and, and I was doing some research on you, and you talk about being an empath and an intuitive. Um, to a lot of science-based people, that sounds a little woo-woo. And you, I'm not being flip. I'm just because <laughs> no, I've learned a lot true. over the years around <laughs> Women's Prosperity Network. Women, can you kind of explain what it, what do you, what's your definition of an empath, or, or and what do you do as an empath? Or, I mean, I would think all of us have a little bit of that in us. So we do, we do absolutely. It's it's a matter of it's an antenna, you know, it's an antenna, and and it's tuning into information that comes beyond, from beyond our five senses, right? And, and I, I take no offense when you say it's a little woo-woo. My father, um, forgive the crassness of this, my father we would call in, in our healing community a table slut. And okay. what that means is he would be on my table every day if it was possible. <laughs> and he loved receiving energetic healing work from me. And he used to lovingly introduce me as his woo-woo nurse, his <laughs> daughter who is a woo-woo nurse. So I take that as anything but derogatory. No, it was but lovingly given. <laughs> I know it was. And, and I truly take it that way. And it, it actually, it's making me smile if you can't <laughs> feel that in my voice because I miss my dad. He's been... He transitioned to spirit in 94, and, mm. and I miss him. And so I'm sure he's smiling from wherever he is as we mention his name and the woo-woo nurse, right? So, so an empath is, to answer your question, is someone who feels other people's emotions. They have a sense of them, some people in, in more exaggerated than others, some to the point that it's uncomfortable until they learn how to work with it. And these are ideal clients for me because I have worked with especially many younger people um, in their 20s and even younger than that when I'm, when I'm blessed to have parents refer kids to me because until you learn how to see it as a gift, which it is to me, and, and work with it, which there are many ways to do that, that cut down some of the sensory input and, and ways that help people to figure out to be discerning as to whether what they're feeling is theirs or whether it's something coming from outside of them. And when it is coming from outside of them, how best to address it, and when it's theirs, how best to address it. So empathy is feeling other people's emotions. Intuition, you're right, Debbie, we all have that. It's that mom that has a sense of knowing that their kid's in trouble. Whether they're upstairs in the next room or thousands of miles away, it's, it's a sense of knowing, right? And it's information that comes from a part of us that most of us think is not 
an, an, an integrated part of us because I think it's all part of us. You see, we're all energy. Quantum physics tells us that everything that we see, sense, feel, hear, know, and experience is really energy at the core, and it's vibrating at different frequencies. So the body is energy, but vibrates at a very low frequency. So it gives us the feeling of being solid. Our emotions have a broad spectrum of, a, of, of energy frequencies. The lower frequencies, the emotions that don't feel good, are, are the denser ones. The higher frequencies are the ones that feel fabulous. Our thoughts have frequencies, everything, music, sound, light, everything has frequencies, right? So we're just tuning in with our energy antennae to the information when we are intuitive. And some of us are more tuned in, but we can all learn how to be more tuned in. I'm thinking of all the different guests I've had too, and, and some have talked about the frequencies of emotions, and it really does make sense. Uh, and I'm thinking about intuition, and so many times you know, it's that gut feeling that you get. But I know I, in right. the past, have just dismissed it and done what I wanted to do. <laughs> and then, as most people do. As most people do. And that's part of how I love to work with people is to help them to see that the choices that they've made in the past where it brought up a feeling of, of being a victim, that there are really no victims. We've made choices that have been the best choices that we can make at that time based on the information that we've been able to connect with in that moment. We like to judge choices that we make that didn't turn out good, and that fosters being a victim. But the truth is we're always making choices, and they're always the best choices that we can make in that moment. And okay, so, so as you're saying mm-hmm. that, um, mm-hmm. many of my audience will – initially um, say, wait a minute. Balk you know, at it. Yeah, they'll yeah, balk at it. Yeah, because they have I been know. victimized but in, in our particular case, and know. My, you know my story, uh, uh, by others. I do. But it was interesting because I also, as, as I was doing my research into Ho'oponopono, I'm getting better on that, mm-hmm. um, and you talked about taking 100% responsibility for your life, for your choices, for your actions, I started thinking it, well, in, you know, if you're going to get real hard at me, yeah, I did make a choice to interact with the person. I did make a choice to X, Y, Z all through the next two years. Right, and right. I, I wasn't responsible for what he did, and the consequences certainly hurt, but Correct. then I was responsible for how I got through it. So when, when you have people that come to you and they've had something, they've had trauma because all this is based on trauma, How do you get them through the initial, I was a victim, and many want to stay in that spot. How do you get them through that struggle? We talk talk about what what, what I just shared, helping them to shift their perspective on what victimization is, what that consciousness is, and to shift it into not taking responsibility with shame, but taking responsibility because that's how it works, right? That 
that we are always making choices. We're not always making conscious choices. And so helping them to understand this concept and to, to help them to learn how they can be more present and make conscious choices, how they can be more in tuned with their intuitive knowing, to be able to recognize that they are receiving information and they more likely than not did and they ignored it. And that's not a good, bad, right, wrong. I am a person who believes that everything occurs in perfect and divine order. Because Debbie, for example, without having had that experience, as, as horrible and as traumatic as it was, you would not be doing what you are today and creating this platform, this space where people can come that have experienced anything that's similar and be able to have tools that they can learn that will help them to shift it and feel empowered by having had the experience rather than feeling like a victim. I agree. And, and I agree. Uh, and that is, that is true in my particular case. Uh, and, and I've chosen that route. You know, um, Most of the folks have not, and they're really struggling to move forward. And it's all, you know, you've got to get past that blame and the shame and all that. It, I think people, not in general, but I know that it's so easy to just isolate yourself from the world when you're in that situation. And then you think that your problem is worse than anything else out there. Yeah, and I've always suggested to folks to, to be of service to others because as soon as you get out of your space and you realize, oh, my gosh, it's much worse outside. It's excellent advice, not just from the perspective of it gives, not just from that place that it offers perspective, like, like language, but by being in service to others, what's happening energetically is you are giving love. And when you are giving love, you're raising your vibration. And as you raise your vibration, it, it evokes a feeling that is so much more comfortable and it helps you heal. Mm. You know, well, moving right into love... love. Right. Yes. <laughs> That's a perfect segue yes. into... I like that. <laughs> oh, Pono, Pono. <laughs> so, right. aloha now and tell me how you say it and explain what it is and how you're using it now. I will. Um, a short story, and that is why I have chosen to make the marriage of conscious heart connection and Ho'oponopono a core um, focus for my business and how I am in service. Um, in 2018, um, my mom was in the hospital. I forget how old she would have been at that time. We experienced something with her that was horribly traumatic for both my sister and I. And for me, it triggered PTSD from childhood because there was, my mom was um, an abusive person. She did the best that she could, 
but she was raised in an abusive household. Her father was the person who was abusive, and she's of that generation or was of that generation where you don't share things with your kids. And most people that experience abuse don't talk about it. And I really waited until my mom transitioned to spirit until I publicly was sharing this story because I didn't want to disrespect her. And I have her permission from her soul essence that it's okay, as well as my dad's, for me to talk about this to help other people. And so what happened after that, you know, you, you said that the show talks about our traumas and to share something that I came back from, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I thought I healed a lot of that trauma. And because I've done healing work on myself since 94, very consciously. And in a split second of an experience, everything broke down. My energy field was so fractured. It took a colleague of mine a month working on me every day to help me stabilize my field. And every time I had an interaction with my mom after that, it would blow everything out again. And then in December, this was in spring of 2018, and then in December, um, Ho'oponopono came to me as a course of study. I had been practicing it for 10 years before that. Basically, as I was intuitively guided within the structure of a healing session. So I'd have a client on the table, or I was doing a remote session, and I would be intuitively guided to voice the prayer, I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, which is the ancient version of of Ho'oponopono. There is an updated version called self-identity through Ho'oponopono, which is what I practice now. And, And so what happened was within an hour, I healed pain in my back. I couldn't stand up straight, had vertigo, had been off social media, and that's when I found this course. And the studying of it made so much sense to me as to what the mechanism is of the process. And I started using this for my relationship with my mom. Because at this point now, she was 90-some years old. She had a certain degree of cognitive impairment. And And you never knew when the line in the sand was going to move and you'd step over it and she'd be triggered. And it was brutal. And so I started not engaging with her anymore. I started taking 100% responsibility for whatever the dynamic was that was going on with us, not out of guilt, not out of shame, just because that's how it works based on Ho'oponopono. Everything is memories replaying from our subconscious mind. That is the core of a problem. Anything that we identify as a problem, issue, or challenge in self-identity with, through Ho'oponopono, nothing's outside of us. I know we perceive it as outside of us, but based on this process, everything is memories replaying from our subconscious mind. And so we keep trying to, and I say trying intentionally because language is important, Every time we try to address something and we don't make any headway with it, it's because 99% of it, if not more, we don't know what to address because it's coming from the subconscious mind. And we don't have knowledge of that on a conscious level. That's why it's called subconscious. And so in understanding this, I created a clearing statement 
it, it, so it went like this. It's to whatever memories are in me that are the cause for my mom's suffering on any and all levels that I am to atone for, I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you. And I would say that, that prayer as often as I could remember it. And over a period of four months, and I stopped engaging with her as much as I could. I'm human. So there were times that I definitely spoke my mind because, you know, the little person in me went, I'm fighting back, uh-uh, you know. But most of the time, I just stopped engaging. And I also said to her in the hospital after we found out exactly the dynamic that was going on, I told her in no uncertain terms. She did not have my permission to be abusive with me anymore for the first time in 60-some years. Hmm. And so even though she might not have remembered that, I did. And so long story shorter, um, in a four-month period of time, a peace came over me that was palpable. And slowly my relationship with my mom shifted. I always called my parents every day to check in for decades. We didn't always talk for a very long time, but we always connected. And I continued to do this after my dad passed with my mom. And I would always say I love you at the end of the call. She never responded. And that was okay. I, this is my mom. And four months later, we moved her into assisted living. And while we were all together in her apartment before the actual furniture came in, she was sitting on her walker in the middle of the main room. And all of a sudden, she says, can I have everybody's attention? So we all obviously turn our attention to her. It was just my family. And, um, and my mom says, I just want to say thank you because I never could have done this myself. Thank you for your help. This is not how my mom communicated. But what came out of her mouth after that is, is truly what brought tears to my eyes, and that was, I just want you all to know how much I love you. Hmm. And when I heard that, Debbie, I knew it was the Ho'oponopono that had shifted cleared from me whatever memories were serving the highest good of both of us to be cleared. And the way it works is that as we initiate the clearing of whatever memories are the cause of any issues, challenge, or problem, challenges or problems that we're experiencing, it automatically clears it from anyone and everyone else that holds the same energy. So I consider Ho'oponopono to be a public service act because God only knows there are a lot of people that have experienced abuse in their lives and have PTSD as a result of it, whether they recognize it or not. And so I have embraced this as a way of being, and I am so grateful Spirit guided me to start teaching this in my own unique way. I am not a certified educator. I'm a certified Ho'oponopono practitioner. When I was doing my research on this morning, I I looked up Ho'oponopono, and Mm -hmm. on my 
phone, got one of their meditation hours. It was like 45 minutes. And I just, I, you know, I usually turn on the, on the news in the morning and I shouldn't ever start the morning with the news. I turned this on my phone and I listened to a, sort of a meditation for about 45 minutes, mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. to put me to sleep for a few more minutes. And it was just calming. You know, just I lay there and I had the lovely Hawaiian music and then this gentleman was just throughout the 45 minutes was just saying, I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, and thank you. And at different times and with different, you know, and I'm thinking, I'm really calm because I, like you, my back was hurting the last couple of days, ah. probably from a golf from a golf tournament, which we won, but Mm-hmm. I'm sitting there going, hey, just relax. Relax your back. Relax your, your mind. You know, get ready for the show and kind of understand what this whole thing is about. So when someone comes to you, how are you mm-hmm. using, how are you working with them to get to that state where they can clear those struggles? Are they with you in person? Are you doing it over, over the Internet now? Or no, how are you doing it? no, no. I've been doing Zoom or phone sessions during the pandemic. And, I, and I've offered that sessions that way for years because I have many clients outside of my local area and internationally. So Zoom and free conference call like we're using for, for your show has been um, a resource. Uh, for for many years, um, and and so there are a couple of different ways that I use that I use Ho'oponopono with clients, and, as well as conscious heart connection, because as a heart healer, my my sole purpose is to remind people that, that we're here, simply put, to remember how to be loving in our relationship with ourselves first. Because who we're being is the key to everything. Mm -hmm. When we're in a consciously loving relationship with ourselves, then that's the energy we are emanating from us, and that's the energy that we attract. And so teaching people that, speaking about that, that's why I'm called the heart healer. And And for your listeners, all you are being gifted with the opportunity to choose to do, okay, mm-hmm. language, is simply say, I love you or thank you. Whenever you have the awareness of a feeling that doesn't feel good, you're in a situation that doesn't feel good, a memory comes up that doesn't feel good, somebody says something to you that doesn't feel good, anything, physically it doesn't feel good, Anything that triggers the awareness that anything does, something doesn't feel good on any level, all you can choose to do is say, whatever this is, I love you, 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 or thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, or a combination of the two. Because it is known. The universe hears us and understands our intention. It is known that that's the intention that you are speaking those words for. And what it does is by saying I love you or thank you, it is a petition to divine intelligence. Call it by whatever name you want. It is your source. God, Allah, Jesus, Buddha, a great spirit, 
whatever you want to call it, divine creator. In Ho'oponopono, it's referred to as divine intelligence or divine creator. And you're speaking to your inner child that's in charge of the subconscious mind where the memories live that is the cause of the problem. Nothing's outside of us. It's an inside job. And so you're simply, imagine looking at your little person, however that, that little face shows up for you, whether it's your little boy or your little girl. Mine is about four and a half years old. And I look at her in my mind's eye and I say, I love you. 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 And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, God, divine creator, for clearing all of these memories so that I can be free, my little person can be free, and anybody else holding these same energies can be free of suffering. Have you ever had, I'm thinking of uh, some relationships in the past that have kind of gone sour and tried to make amends, but I still keep coming back. In my mind, I keep coming back like I want to make it whole again in one way, but I'm not sure it's the best thing to do. How do you release the feeling of wanting to to make things right? Because sometimes it's not about them. It's not about them. Okay. They may not even remember. It doesn't matter. It's not about them. This is a desire, an intuitive uh, guidance, wisdom that you're receiving, that this is something for you. And remember, Ho'oponopono, self-identity through Ho'oponopono. There's nothing outside of us. So you can initiate the clearing of whatever it is that is the cause for this feeling of being incomplete this feeling of needing to make amends for whatever the problem was. And Ho'oponopono is perfect for that because you don't, you don't need to know the all of it. You will never know the all of it. But it is really quite interesting, though, how we hold on to things. And uh, I know there's two particular people, and, and it's been a couple of years, and I'm thinking, just let it go. And I've even written letters, and I'm like, but there's something, there are people in our lives, and I can probably name maybe a half a dozen over my lifetime, that were friends and then all of a sudden weren't. And I'm thinking, mm. going, why did that happen? And it was just, mm. there wasn't, for me, a, there wasn't a, a normal pro- progression of, you know, friend one day and no, not friend another day. Um, and you wonder, what could we have done differently? And then, and then I realized that, you know, some people come into your life for a season, and yep. a reason, and they're gone. So let it go. Right. Just let it go. Right. Um, right. And then some people you want out of your life, <laughs> and they just cling. <laughs> so. Right. I, and, I, and I think that if, if, we, if we hold a belief that everything occurs in perfect and divine order, even though we don't know the why, and if we don't attach to the why, then it allows us to just honor the experience and move on. And if we can't, if we're struggling with it, we can't let it go, Ho'oponopono is a wonderful tool to be able to set the intention to work on whatever the underlying cause is that we don't know and just initiate the cleaning of it. Because we're not doing the cleaning. Our divine intelligence, divine creator is. We're just, Mm -hmm. by saying I love you and thank you, 
it's basically creating a petition to divine intelligence to do the cleaning for us. So if folks would like to get know more about this in depth, how can they mm-hmm. get a hold of you? Um, they can reach out to me on my website. Um, it's Eileen, I-L-E-N-E, um, theheartfeeler.com forward slash contact. You can also join, I have a Facebook group where we marry Conscious Heart Connection and Ho'oponopono, and it's called the Heart Healers Ho'oponopono Community. There are three membership questions that you are required to answer, and then we welcome you in, and you can slowly go through what's in there. We do about monthly live Zooms to talk about different things when I'm intuitively guided, And it's a very loving community. And there are people of all different levels of experience with Ho'oponopono, some that have never heard of it but feel drawn to be there, some that have done a lot of training. So it's a wonderful, loving, and generous energy in the the community. And those are two ways that anybody can reach me. And and if someone wants to do a 30-minute complimentary heart healer session, just go to speak with Eileen, I-L-E-N-E dot com, and it'll take you to that contact page, and there's a link there, and you're welcome to schedule it. And if the times don't work for you, because I only have very specific days and times that I offer those types of complimentary sessions, just send me a message, and we'll find a time that will work. And if you're out of the country, then we do those sessions on WhatsApp. Our time has flown by, my friend, and I've learned a lot, and I want folks to understand that this is something that is, and I'm looking at your beautiful picture and your smile, and I'm going to say woo-woo, but it's not. (laughs) (laughs) And I know your dad's laughing, and he's like, you go, girl. Um, But it's it's just one of those things that... Take advantage of all of the scientific and the spiritual around us and, and do it for yourself. Just try it for yourself. And as I, as I lay there in bed this morning and listen to the, the lovely music and the I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, so many people came to mind. You know, It could have been my late husband or one of the kids or one of these friends. And it just I was a little more relaxed as I was thinking about them. Uh, and when I was saying those to myself, and mm. I think we sabotage ourselves, and that's a whole other story of you know why why we do things the way we do. Uh, but this has been for me very very encouraging, and and I look forward to you know seeing these things in person, being with our friends in person again, and uh, and having those heart connections because I know that we all are here, and I've heard you say this, but I I truly believe it that we are spiritual beings having a mortal experience and mm-hmm. we're here to have love and to be with each other and to find purpose in our pain and we're going to do it together and if this is one way that can help people have at it uh, just learn how to say it that's the most fun part yeah. of the day <laughs> but so, you don't need to <laughs> you don't need to you can I'm sitting here looking at it I'm yeah, yeah, you, you can look at it. You can run your finger, your first finger, just over the word. It's a clearing, a cleaning statement in and of itself. So is the word Hawaii. You know, there are yeah. many cleaning statements, and we go over that in the in the Facebook group. We share that and just say I love you and thank you. And if I love you hurts, 
If that's hard for you, then thank you is all you need to say repeatedly, and it will keep initiating the cleaning of whatever is a problem for you, whether you've languaged what it is, you know what it is, or you don't. It's a wonderful, simple practice. Well, and breathe into your heart. Breathe into your heart center as you do it. And that's conscious heart breath. And it raises your vibration because you're connecting with the energy of love that you are. What a perfect way to end our show. Thank you, my friend. Thank you so much. I love you. I love right, everybody Jane. that's on the show that supports us here. And, and I want to get the word out. People go to EileenTheHeartHealer.com. I'll put that out on the slide in the replay. This has been extraordinary for me. It's been just what I needed this morning. And I thank you for all that you're doing. And I wish you the very best. And get out in the sunshine. Get out in the sunshine. Yeah. yeah. So thank yeah, you so thank much, you. my friend, for being on Stand Up and Speak Up and, and giving us a little bit of your life and your story and your mission and purpose in life. So thank you, and I wish you the very best. Thank you. Blessings. Much love. Thank you for listening to Stand Up and Speak Up. We are dedicated to encouraging you to remove the mask of embarrassment and to being your best self. If you are the victim of a scam or cybercrime, please visit againstscams.org for assistance and guidance about options and recovery. SCARS, the Society of Citizens Against Relationship Scams, is an incorporated nonprofit crime victims assistance organization based in Miami, Florida, supporting scam victims worldwide. If you can, make a small donation to help victims around the world receive the help they need. This episode has been sponsored by BenfoComplete.com, a vitamin supplement company that supports happy and healthy hands and feet for those with neuropathy. If you or anyone you know struggles with the pins and needles or numbness in their hands and feet, check out our Benfotemian products at benfocomplete.com. Use the special code STANDUP for a 5% discount on your purchase. Again, thank you for being with us today. Go to my website, The Woman Behind the Smile, for additional resources and information. Subscribe to my YouTube channel and enjoy the replays. My books are all available on Amazon.com and Audible, and I encourage you to join us again. Have a great day.